Yeah, direct misfire, aiming up hits Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix Follow along, stay up to date Comment, like, subscribe today Hello champs and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. Joining me today, as always, is Selic. Hey, hey. As well as Hugh. Hello. As we go over the year that was and our hopes and dreams for the year to come. So pull up a seat, grab a drink, and let's get into it one last time for 2019. It's been one hell of a year, fellas. Massive. It's been so much fun this year. It has been a year. (laughs) I feel like I didn't really attend more tournaments this year, but I enjoyed a lot of the games more than mm. the previous. And I think this was probably the year that I attended more tournaments. Um, also, love the games. But uh, yeah, I think, Hugh, you're probably the same for Kings of War. Yeah, definitely. I attended more for sure. And certainly played more casual games as well. Not that I played that many still, largely only at events. Mm. But in the first, like, oh, I don't know, how long have we been playing Kings of War for now, Benson? Uh, well, the podcast was started in 2016, if I can see that correctly. Right, so about three years, I guess. So if we've played for three years, I reckon, yeah, I've gradually ramped up, I suppose, uh, over those three years. But I reckon particularly in year two, I reckon I played like maybe one casual game and three tournaments or something. And then Yeah, you certainly three, started to get more into it. Yeah. And you seem to be much more... Um, into the actual army building and talking about it a lot more. Maybe because you're dropping off, like, what used to be the main thing and because that's kind of taken a bit of a backseat. And... I'm sure that's a big part of it, man, yeah. And just, just enjoying it more. When you play it more, I find that with a lot of hobby-related stuff, it's like the more you do it, the more you do it, if that makes sense. It becomes mm. like this sort of circular feedback loop. And if you listen to a lot of podcasts about it in particular, that, that's an influencer for me because being a podcast person, I guess, I'm listening to them all the time where i find whatever i'm listening to more i'm playing more like i've been playing way more magic and that's in a large part to the fact that there's just so many podcasts out there and so mm. i get hype about it because i'm like listening to it all day and i'm like oh sweet we'll play magic and then, then <laughs> you know do a few drafts and i'm like man magic sucks <laughs> so just having a look here the first podcast episode for direct misfire was on january 8 2016 so we're about to turn four years old wow wow not bad that's gone fast man yeah congratulations to you guys thanks benson the uh surviving host he is <laughs> and boss i don't man. think i've missed an episode yet that's good <laughs> no because i don't think the episode would happen if you didn't <laughs> <laughs> probably not yeah, well, 2019 was also when we lost Spoon. Yeah, he hasn't yes. been on one, has he, this year? Spoon's tragic bending incident. Mm, the double one. He really, <laughs> I tell you what, if you, can, if you can say one thing about Spoon, it's if he says he's going to do something, he bloody well does it, doesn't he? he Puts his he, mind to it, yeah. He follows it to the hilt. And when he said, yep. nah, I'm tilted after this double one, and he said it right after the game, I seem to recall, yep. and it was only game, I want to say game two or two, three. Two, yeah. two, was it? So he still had a couple games to play. He's like, I'm going to play out this tournament and then I'm going to just spit the dummy with Kings of War. I'm not playing anymore. He didn't say I'm not on the podcast anymore, but it, that, I mm-hmm. suppose that was implied. Mm. And he's just like, yep, I'm done. And he really did just spit the dummy right the way up until it's now the next edition of the rules. And he's saying he'll give it a try, which is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he didn't not play another game throughout the whole year, did he? No. That was it. Uh, he played. He played a game when third edition came out. Okay, so he, he tried the new edition, but that's that's obviously different. Yeah, he did still not play another game of second. And similarly, he said, uh, "I'm not buying any miniatures for the whole year." Mm-hmm. And he hasn't bought any miniatures still for the track. whole year. Yep, still on track. Left of the year. Yep. Who who does that? Spoon. 
<laughs> He's a special flower. He is. Yeah, certainly determined. And it was also 2019, the first year that I qualified for Masters, and so did you, Hugh. Yeah, I know. You both. Two-thirds mm. of the cast, Masters approved. T- turns out if you play enough tournaments, you just throw enough mud at a wall, sooner or later, something's got to stick. <laughs> yeah, that certainly helps. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just having a look at the uh, rankings and all of that nonsense, and currently, as it stands, you're number five in Australia uh, for 2019, with the best in race for Ratkin, mm-hmm. and after uh, the Masters tournament and fortunes you're now also the best in race for the undead (laughs) (laughs) okay um maybe i can lay some sort of claim to ratkin because i might be marginally ahead of the other three people in australia that play them but undead i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) the rankings is very accurate yeah i mean if you if you just win all year with i don't know Ratkin, and then you just play one game as elves. Are you the best elf player? <laughs> no, no. You got to you got to play three three tournaments to get the best in. So you beat uh, Chris Callahan, who also played three, and uh, got one hundred and forty eight points with that score, and you got one hundred and fifty three. So <laughs> sorry, Chris. There you go. I got the best in the elves down at ninth. But yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. It could be as well that um, very very few people on the scene were playing undead throughout toward the end of uh, second. Yeah. Certainly, I found that to be the case. I'm sure it's not the case elsewhere in the world. It just happens to be in our little neck of the woods. Uh, there's a lot of Empire of Dust and very little Undead mm. in the end of second. But this is third, so new, new ball game. Yeah, to put that in perspective, uh, 2019, there was only 19 people that qualified with an Undead army total. Wow, yeah, there you go. Gee, I, I like having a stats guy just backing up everything I say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all night. So it looks like, just going by the rankings, my tournament attendance for this year doubled over 2018. I went to Mm. two, only two in 2018. (laughs) Wow, really? And you uh, finished up on four? Uh, Yeah. So CanCon, Kings of BadgerCon, which was a local, Convic, and then Third Time Luckily just recently. I think Hugh would probably agree that, uh, particularly in our casual games, Benson, you're probably the better player out of our entire group. Would that be a safe assumption, Hugh? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Uh, especially if he happens to be playing someone with an Achilles heel for Bensonness, <laughs> um, or if he's using anything that explodes at, with random die sixes. <laughs> anything called the boom mm-hmm. wagon. <laughs> for shizzle. But, yeah, largely, this would probably be... Your least successful year, I would think. Just having a look back from 2016. 2016 was a decent year. Mm. You've had some just unfortunate tournament showings. You've had a few events where, you know, Selick and I have had some lucky times and done a little bit better than perhaps we normally would. And you have had the opposite, I think. You've just, just not been your year. You've had a couple of stinkers. Mm. Yeah. So off the table, you're sort of beating me more often than not, and then on the table, you're uh, sorry, off on the table. You know what I mean? On the in the tournament itself, you're <laughs> suddenly losing games you probably shouldn't be and stuff. Yeah, because just looking at Clash of Kings or Cancon, my placings have been all right. Like eleven out of sixty-one, seventeen out of sixty-four, seventeen out of fifty-one. Not too bad. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I just don't have the killer spirit. Yeah, I think we've we've all sort of. Never really had that, to be honest, but uh, interesting to sort of reflect on. Mm. Yeah. Well, obviously, we're getting to be a bit more of a competitive group, at least the three of us, just maybe not competitive in terms of like at each other's throats about the competition, but just, you know, checking out the rankings a bit more, having having a bit more fun with that side of things because it's 
getting us an event, be a bit more willing to travel for it, all that kind of thing. Because I don't know, Kings of War is just a great game. It's a great scene right now. There's a lot of um, fun people to play with, and going to events is entertaining and readily accessible and those kinds of things. And tournament so. attendance has been growing as well, so that's also helped when there's more people attending. You kind of want to jump in on the fun as well. Yeah, that's right. Third time lucky, the the first third edition tournament over in Australia. That got 26, which is pretty quick turnaround time to get 26 players. That's great. Are you guys going to be going to the next one in January? I think it's January 4. It's the Summer of Slaughter, another three games. The Summer of Slaughter. I'm not sure. I'll have to have a look at when the cricket season's sort of coming back in. But uh, I will if I'm not playing cricket, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I've started to write my list for that one, <laughs> so sticking with the goblins again, trying out a couple more things, currently painting another Minsa Mob Regiment. Is it 2,000 points, do you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. I've just got a lot on at that time with holiday stuff. Basically, if I can wrangle enough wife points, I might do it, but I wouldn't count on it for this particular one. Mm-hmm. It also depends on the weather as well, being, you know... In the middle of summer. Yeah. Well, considering it's going to be, what, 40 degrees later on this week? So what's that, 105, 109, something Fahrenheit? Yeah, I think it's set to be 45 down my way on Friday. Oof, so what's that? That's even hotter. That's good. We're finally getting some heat. It's been crappy weather for such a long time. We've had like one or I two I just don't like days. opening my door and my face melting. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> that always yeah. seems like a bit much when you turn into like a literal human candle. insert the little melty dog meme here um so yeah 45 celsius that's 113 fahrenheit that is hot toasty Mm. Mm. just a little warm but i think largely 2019 was dominated by one thing uh and that one thing was third edition i think we've all sort of waited on it in the podcasts and uh, all the online content was all waiting for the third edition to just come through i think mantic it must be said mantic the way that they leaked the information out in dribs and drabs was just feeding. building that hype. Yeah, mm. It was just amazing. Amazing bit of marketing. Oh, the, the, the control around the press of the whole edition was amazing. Like It was second to none compared with how other companies that, of course, we've dealt with in the recent times have changed editions and how much it can absolutely screw them. Mm. And it makes me realize that, and I, I'm actually not just talking about Games Workshop there, I'm talking about mm. other companies like uh, Weird and some some other ones around there, that sometimes it's because of the rules changes that piss people off. Sometimes it's because of the media and the way they released it. They, they have way too much lead up and everyone loses interest or they have too little and it's like a big bang, holy crap, where'd that come from? It's mm. a really, really hard thing to get right. And I think they've just kicked it out of the park. Yeah, most people probably don't appreciate what actually went into it. So it wasn't just a uh, let's reach out to the community and see who wants to have a chat and who wants to talk about what. Everything was actually heavily structured and rigid around when you could communicate things, uh, what content was going to be covered. Um, so I think it was like our sixth or seventh episode that we had Kyle, what do we call him, Kyle Pretzel. Kyle Pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that came in. And before that, we literally went through a spreadsheet uh, talking about what we can and cannot talk about, what's going to be covered in other podcasts, and then making sure that we adhere to that. Obviously, uh, Benson and I always try and push our luck a little bit um, with some of the content. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was heavily regulated just to make sure that that, that hype train was very steady and no, bo- no one uh, podcast got it all. And that's just good marketing. And even their playtesters and stuff, I feel like they reached out to various community members in different parts of the world and they got 
playtesters on board in a sensible fashion fairly early on, and they they but they didn't. I felt like it didn't really leak, at least in our area. It probably did elsewhere in the world. Of course, it would have. But mm. the whole sort of playtesters were very adult about it, at least where we're around, and they they gave the feedback perhaps that was desirable. And I don't know. They seemed to choose that and control that whole thing quite well as compared to what we've experienced with other companies, either by them over playtesting and spending forever on something and, and then, you know, all the rules leaking out or, or everyone can access them, but then they keep changing and it's all very confusing, which is not a good way of controlling your media. Or mm-hmm. the opposite with GW, where it's just like, as far as we can tell, no one's ever playtested this. In fact, they probably just wrote it on a page, had a laugh and said it straight off the print. Mm. No, very true. And I would also say that 2019 was also a massive year for Universal Battle. Uh, so UB coming out and there's mm-hmm. been, I think they're up to three tournaments now. There's an Australian league now if you want to join. I think it's still taking membership at the moment. Yeah, I keep forgetting to join those tournaments. Yeah, so uh, it's really taken off. So it's some of those people that just can't get to a, a, a table, um, they're still playing. And I think that's why we're seeing this really competitive yet fun to play against community. Just going back a step, I don't think we ever thanked Mantic for for a PDF of the rulebook. Oh, true. As we were waiting for the physical copies to arrive. It was like anguish <laughs> waiting for that thing <laughs> <laughs> where everyone's getting their books and we were sitting here twiddling. Yeah, we pre-ordered it and a, a local distributor that was responsible for the pre-orders uh, under-ordered. So it actually wasn't Mantic's fault that it was really late for us. It was them mm. not ordering enough. I think they didn't anticipate the boom in popularity, which they should have because that's the whole point of a pre-order. <laughs> but as a result of that and a few few other sort of postal-related delays or whatever, we didn't get it in time. And um, yeah, it reached out to Mantic and they hooked us up with a PDF, didn't they? So that was really good. Yep. Mm. Uh, I think that was Ronnie. Thanks again. Always, I think it was exactly 12 months ago we were chatting to him. But yeah, he def- definitely does look after us down under. <laughs> Tried to get the Australian twang on Crikey. That. There you go. <laughs> I still hope he comes to, uh, or if not him, then someone from Mantic makes it down to our uh, inaugural tournament. Re- representative of some sort, yeah. That'd be cool. It would be cool. It's going to be the biggest one, isn't it? Yeah. In Australia? For sure. I hope so. What have we got, 70 signed up now? Something like that? 75? No, 74. But we, we might well have got more if it wasn't for the fact that there's a limited number of uh, tournament entry possibilities in this particular con. How, do we, how would you describe it? There's only so many seats at a table, if you will, and there's heaps of different tournaments going on. So if the other tournaments absorb that room, then... That's too bad. Yeah. So, like, if there's might be like a thousand tickets shared over all the different tournaments. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. a much more concise way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they ran out of tickets, so we're capped at whatever we ended up with, which seventy five, as you say, Selick. But um, I reckon we could have seen a hundred uh, if Easy. we if we uh, actually were able to sell tickets all the way yes. up to the event. So it's worth sort of mentioning here that they came out and they go, how many do you want? We'll have a look at last year. So they just locked us down to 50 tickets this year. And then after that, we've reached out to the organizers there to get more tickets. Um, so that's when they sort of have a look at the tournaments that are downsizing. They're not getting the sales. And then we literally start eating into those. Mm. Um, so there was Kings of War and another game that obviously came out and really absorbed pretty much every other game inside the, the thousand tickets, so to speak, which is huge. It's another sellout. That's great. Mm. 
We did an episode on low point games at one stage uh, a little bit earlier on in the year, and it'd be interesting to see how that plays out in third edition, whether it's significantly different or not. Ah, yes. I think it'll be better. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, maybe, if the balance is there a little bit more. I I don't think... My gut tells me it wouldn't be significantly different. Like uh, the game, the core game probably hasn't changed enough, but perhaps the... No, it would just be the armies and the units. Yeah, perhaps the wider balance is such that it's a little bit more fun to play those lower point games, but 1500 should still be a really good sort of slightly Mm. lower point limit that still feels pretty balanced. And I think the game is still balanced to approximately 2000 as far as we can tell, and at least that'll be the standard for a little while going forward. I think some of the changes to uh, individuals is actually going to impact the lower point games a lot more. So from my memory, those lower point games, so 1000, 1500 points, uh, a powerful individual or even a a crap uh, individual can actually be a big thorn in in the side of uh, low points. Mm -hmm. So I think now that you can sort of just move past most of them and sort of charge around them and through them i think Mm. that's going to really impact those small games should be something we should test out you're paying slightly more points per damage for mobility is what i've observed and perhaps that's i don't know perhaps that's too sort of broad and anecdotal to be truly 100 percent correct i don't want to like uh lay my life on it or whatever but (laughs) i feel like um in general you're paying a little bit more for those really high impact uh, cavalry units and things like that that have a lot of mobility on them uh, dragons mm-hmm. and stuff like that or, or characters you're often paying more for mounts and things like that as well so that might mean that those hyper mobile low point kind of armies that that were very effective in those limits maybe they're slightly more hamstrung than they were before and perhaps being spread out as a, and going wide is a bit more of a viable option at low points, which I love yeah, to do true. with my Ratkin, and I always thought it was pretty decent anyway. So, yeah, I don't know, just a possibility, but total conjecture. We should give it a go, have a couple of games of low points, see how it's changed, yeah. if it's changed. Yeah, I really want to play some high points too. Like, I want to play a 3,000-point <laughs> game. Yeah, I want to get some more toys in there. Not like super high. Like, I'm not talking some monstrosity of like no, but a if we go 25, game. An extra 500 points is plenty to play with. Well, I think BrizzCon... This year, don't quote me on this because I don't think the pack's finalised, but I have seen the pack at, in its current form at least, and it looks as though they're thinking at least about going for 25,000 this year. 2,500. <laughs> you thinking about going up here? No, probably not. I, I would love to though because I've been wanting to go to Brisbane. My wife and I have been wanting to check out Brisbane for quite a while, but uh, I doubt I would get uh, the opportunity at that particular time of year. But maybe one day I'll go up. I don't know about this year. What approximate time is it? What date? It's on Saturday 18th and Sunday 19th of April there, mate. Ah, awesome. And that was pretty much two-thirds of the year before we had a break while we were thinking about Third Ed and building an army for Masters, mm. which is probably the highlight, I'm going to guess, for you, Hugh. Is it, it was, the highlight was having the army for Masters, for sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't know about building it, but I mean... Not actually attending it. Rebasing, g- given the amount of time you spend versus the result in each unit, I think actually... It's pretty satisfying as compared to mm. painting uh, whole units of infantry and laborious tasks like that. But uh, yeah, getting getting a bit of mud on a base and whacking a few buildings on it and stuff and getting a really cool result that's a nice little play piece to play with is, is pretty awesome. And yeah, I loved the Masters. I loved going up for it. It was harrowing because like, it was eight games in two days and I was buggered. Not everyone has like Tracy's ability to just play games till the cows come home and do a dozen games in a day. <laughs> or Andrew Goodman, who told me one of his um, little anecdotes over the weekend was apparently he did a 24-hour marathon with uh, a friend yeah, of his. Yeah, international yep. challenge. They yep. just played 
game after game after game after game for all that time. And at the end of it, apparently, to hear him tell it, he's like, yep, yeah, cool, re- ready to go, I can play another game. And his mate was just like, kill me. And then- <laughs> it's 24 hours. I mean, I think that was 12 games. It was four games mm. a block and three blocks over. And each block was eight hours. I don't know how anyone has that kind of mental capacity, but I no. guess he's a he's a Kings of War athlete, Goodman. He is. Poor Jeff, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, had it was. To, <laughs> had to play Andrew Goodman. Andrew Goodman, obviously, I think he finished second uh, over the tournament, so over the tournament year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, largely Jeff would have been coming in and uh, just hitting a wall most of those 12 <laughs> games in a row. Oh, and he also played 11 tournaments over the year, which is the most of anyone on the calendar by... I'm just eyeballing it here. I see one person with nine... And that's it. <laughs> so he's yeah. at least a couple Quite of events true. ahead of everyone. That's uh, that's impressive. That's some dedication, man. <laughs> Full power to the AG. If we if that happens again, for a bit of uh, amusement, maybe I should join it and kind of live stream it, and so you can see my <laughs> my mental capacity kind of devolve into insanity after hour five. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't hack it either. I don't blame you. Don't blame you. We see you dissolve after game four, mate. I'm not sure how you'd go another yeah, eight. Yeah, that, that's the point. It's, uh... <laughs> it's what it is. But um, we also talked to old Tracy McTrash, uh, the greatest Kings of War player in the world. The King of mm-hmm. Kings of War. Yes, indeed. The honorary King of Kings of War. Is that, is, well, there's the Master in... The Master sounds better than the King almost. I suppose it's... No, you know, it's good to be the King. Is that what they officially crown whoever wins that super tournament? Because if not, then that's a missed opportunity. Maybe in future. No, I don't think it is, but it should be. He is world champ. That's how we've been referring to most. How do we feel about uh, the Clash of Kings everywhere else gets a free invite over to the... I think it's the UK one gets one over to the US. Snubbed. Shafted. And poor old Jeff down here wins the world tournament. Then wins Clash of Kings Australia, still doesn't get an invite. What's going on? He should be getting like a letter from the Queen. Like something's <laughs> happening here. Well, I think if he wins the next Clash of Kings, uh, given that it's an even larger event and it's really starting to put Australia on the map and really should be 100 people plus if it wasn't for the whole ticket situation. If he, if he wins that, I feel like uh, I'm calling it now. I think Ronnie's got to take notice and start... Mm. Uh, putting his shillings aside to uh, pay for old Tracy to get to get over there. <laughs> I agree. Get amongst yes, the Brits. That's, that's what should happen. Otherwise, so, the only conclusion we could realistically come to is that they're just afraid of him. Well, that's true. And you also got to understand that with our Clash of Kings, it's not just a whole bunch of people playing Kings of War. It's also an endurance event because of the heat. So, pressure for <laughs> all the players in a tin shed. That, that's pretty yeah, good. An enormous tin shed with about a thousand people in the room. That's not even an exaggeration. Like, there'd literally be a thousand people in the room. Australia's Clash of Kings is the, the toughest Clash of Kings in the world. Mm-hmm. Easy. I'm calling it now. Not, not knowing anything about the other Clash of Kings that are out there. I actually reached out to Jeff after he won to see if he wanted me to start a, a crowdfunding campaign mm-hmm. to uh, get him over there. And his response is typical Jeff. I don't have it exactly here, so I'm going to paraphrase. But he said, Yeah, nah. I don't want, <laughs> yeah, nah. Uh, I don't want you to pay for it and I don't want you to crowdfund. But if you can get a couple of people to go, I'll happily pay and go myself. Uh, so right. I was just like, what a heartbreaker this guy is. So he was already <laughs> happy to go. If other people were wanting to go, he would have bought a ticket and crushed the US at home and the UK at home. Okay, well. So, like, I think that's your next job is to crowdfund tickets for us. So, if we all go... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. 
I think the taxation department gets involved there. That'll be a stretch of the uh, of the listener base, but uh, y- you never know. <laughs> if one percent of them contribute ten dollars, we would have some dollars. Then we still would have a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we've got seventeen dollars fifty. I'm not sure how that works, but. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of wraps up this year. What are we doing next year? Do you have any army plans or designs? Any goals? I most certainly do. And I think it's exactly the same as what I talked about last time, apart from I put my undead completely on hold um, as I bought a literal truckload of uh, stuff coming from the Mantic uh, Terrain Crate 2. Um, so as soon as that all comes in, my undead just sort of gets back into life. So I'm waiting on that. How big is this truck? Well, that is, I, I got everything. It's a miniature truck, I assume. Right, yes. okay. A it's literal a truck. miniature truck. A literal miniature truck. <laughs> Full of terrain. <laughs> so you're going to put all this terrain in your undead army on the bases? Not all of it. Uh, I think Benson wants some of the trees and mm. um, I'll have a look at some of the other things if I need to get rid of it. I just sort of didn't want to limit myself and I'll have a look at it all when it all comes. I'm excited, very excited. I think it's meant to be uh, finishing up at the end of December, early January. It's on its way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. There were a couple of bits in that terrain crate that I wanted for the Fancy Beastman project mm. for their display bases. Oh, that sounds good. What about your elves? I heard you weren't too happy with how they turned out in version 3. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. They got the stick a little bit, but not enough for me not to play them. However, some of the changes to Phalanx really was a negative against my my army style. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to sit down and have a look at the armies of Panathor a little bit closer and see if I can work in a bit more trees because I've got some of those. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, I'll really make a decision. Otherwise, uh, the blessing of Kings of War is that I can just repurpose those to be kingdoms of men. Because they are Titanforge miniatures. Yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah, the Dragon Empire, I think it is, yep. Titan Forge range, yep. How about you, Benson? So, you've got your Fancy Man Beasts? Yeah. Now, I'm not too sure with that, because the Stampedes have been removed, and I had ordered some figures specifically for that, and I don't know how well that's going to transfer into the other... I know people say, oh, you can take the Minotaur Chariots, but it's really, it's not the same thing. Even the... Um, the Guardian Brutes fit more of a role of the Stampede than the, the Chariot. Yeah, a little bit of your vision getting broken there. Yeah, so having to try and think of something new to make it work that I'm happy with, that's the important bit because it's a passion project. I just I don't want to settle for it. And same with like the the Brutox that used to be yep. in there. I had a, a couple of figures for that. So I know you could try and transfer them into the um, Flying Beast or whatever it is that the Forces of Nature have. But again, it just... It doesn't sit in my mind. Like, I don't want to horn shoe. Horn shoe? Shoehorn. Shoehorn. There we go. <laughs> don't want to shoehorn that into a, a role that it doesn't feel right in. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. And I think, particularly, like, I think you nailed it on the head that passion project. It has mm. to be right in your head. And then if it doesn't play well, it doesn't play well. And that's okay. Mm. But it has to look and feel the way that you wanted it to. Yeah. I mean, I could take the Minotaur Chariots and slightly adjusting what I was doing for the Stampede, which would still look pretty cool. So I might take comfort in that, but I don't think the Chariots are very good. So we'll see how we go. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm probably going to work on my goblins a little more. Like I did say I'm currently working on another Minsa mob regiment, and I've got uh, Kuzlo and Madfall. He's just coming in the mail, the um, crazy wizard riding the riding the lizard. Um, and <laughs> Is that then, a lizard wizard? <laughs> wizard or Liz? <laughs> 
maybe fix up my abyssal dwarfs because at the moment it's it's in a weird position the version three have changed so much in terms of inspiring and roles and whatnot that it just yeah. doesn't play the same well the army that i've got already so yeah i'm sure you could adjust it though there's such a powerful army you can just uh maneuver a few units around maybe change some base sizes those kinds of things and you'll be all right but the, the thing is like i've just got one unit of gore riders one unit of half breeds one unit of grotesques i they they're all have I don't have a whole lot of them, so I'd need to paint out some more dwarves. I think I'm waiting for the plastics. That's another thing. Once they release the dwarf plastics, I'll probably get back into yeah, it. Yeah, get amongst it. That and like uh, one of those, some sort of big monster to use as that, like uh, Uber Cheese special character that gives all your dwarfs wild charge. A couple of units of mm. dwarves, and um, you've got this crunchy infantry force, which will probably prove to be quite a large and effective farmy because you've still got your supporting elements of all your cab and things that you've already got. Yeah. So once they come out and I paint them, because they are bringing out that um, Hellfane, I don't know when, but it looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be. A 2020 goal, getting that done. It's not too much. Nah. Yeah, awesome. And then maybe, Ooh. if I've got time and or money, I might dip my toe into some ratty goodness and Ooh. make some ratkin slave army. Ooh. You just got half a mongrel. <laughs> Ratties. Making the abyssal dwarfs better with some slaves. Hmm. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to across the board, not just with you, Benson, but seeing dwarfs in abyssal dwarf armies. Yeah, there wasn't many people that took them. Although I don't want to see too many abyssal dwarf armies because <laughs> <laughs> there's still abyssal dwarf armies. But uh, I, yeah, I, mean, I liked that image of not many dwarves in an abyssal dwarf army because they they enslaved others and forcing them to do their work for them. Yeah, but what if what if there was none? Hmm? What there's a lot of Some- chaos dwarf armies out there though that had no dwarfs at all, like not even half breeds, just sort of all total dick kickers from other races, and just mm. called them. Called them abyssal dwarfs when they weren't at all, but yeah. but uh, we'll see a lot of variety of armies in general. I gather compared with what we were seeing up until recently, because people sort of got into a certain groove, I suppose, and then you wait till the next edition comes out, and then it inspires you because you got heaps of fluff all of a sudden and new rules mm-hmm. and new exciting things to see. So you get out there and you get a new army. Plus, the scene is growing so fast that we'll see new armies coming in from new players as well and I expect we'll just get a lot more variety on the table because toward the end of second certainly there was there's still so many factions in this game that you get a fair bit of variety anyway mm. but I was playing a lot of goblins and a lot of empire of dust and a couple of other factions that I'd sell quite a bit repeated and I think you still get that to an extent but because people play what they want to play but yeah. you get a lot more uh yeah, just general variety and seeing some of those factions that you had never got the chance to play against before. Yeah, true. I hope next year's Clash of Kings I get a bit more variety because I think this year I faced four elves. I don't think that's going to happen next year. I don't <laughs> think many people will be taking elves. Yeah. I just hope it's not going to be replaced you. with something else. I played all. heaps of elves too. I think it was just an unusually elf-heavy tournament. Like That, was, that yeah. wasn't even reflective of the whole you know tournaments across the year. It just was like everyone decided to bring elves that day kind of thing is how it seemed to go. And it wasn't even everyone at all. It was probably 20% of the field and we just lucked out and repeatedly drew them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I want to see more of every faction. Of course... Lots of Ratkin, although not too many Ratkin because I'd hate to be knocked off my perch. That would be very disappointing. But uh, let's face it, there's no chance. You're in good position at the moment to to hold mm. that crown. Well, I've only got we've we've got what, what, one tournament already recorded, yeah, on for for this yeah. year's rankings because the last years don't count at all anymore, right? They just get tossed in the bin. Yep, yep. Yeah. So it's a rolling twelve month calendar. Yeah, I thought so. So I just had a quick look. Uh, there was five elves that played, so you guys must have doubled up, which <laughs> makes sense. Right. 
Yeah, I think we did play a lot of the same opponents. I got most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I played dwarves three times. Two or oh, three dwarves. times. Fun yeah. tournament. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see a huge variety of armies I expect at this one. And there might be a cut down on elves I expect if everyone's still spitting the dummy over the changes. Or even if, even if it's not like out of irritation over the changes, they're going to want to change their army a fair bit. So that means building yeah. new units and stuff. So you probably see hardly any elves. It would be my prediction by January. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Mm. And I want to keep adding undead units as I, you know, just rebase some new gear. I will do that over time. And I want to add a few new ones because I've got, who would have thought, I've got a couple of like dragony undead things and stuff like that in boxes. Not that much, actually, (laughs) just like three or four miniatures (laughs) of the big ones because I never wanted to use, (laughs) well, I never wanted to use the big ones really back in Warhammer days, like years and Mm. years ago when I played it back in whatever edition. Yep. So now that there's a bit more reason to do that, probably actually dig them out and like it's the kind of thing that probably should have sold on ebay five years ago but instead i'm like oh sweet glad i've got this now i can you know, <laughs> get that on the table and a few probably all the new ratkin units i'll add there's only about three or four and they're mainly like single entities so mm. i'll uh i'll get that in there as well and maybe do some converting of the existing rats to make them you know a bit more appropriate to this and get some spears on some of those what are they called warriors i was going to say clan rats of mm-hmm. course but <laughs> yeah Get some spears on those warriors and stuff here and there so that they can have a bit more utility. And speaking of events next year, do you think we'll end up running one? A narrative event? I'd love to. I think we should. I think we should do it. Because apart from anything else, Crossman has to run everything here in Melbourne at the moment. <laughs> uh, other than really, is the only other one... Convict. Yeah, Convict. So that, that two-day yeah. one is the only one that anyone else runs, I think, at this stage. But talking to some of the Masters guys, the Team Shed guys are really keen to run an event. If we ran a narrative one and they ran a, um, they're, they're keen to run like a beer and pretzels silly kind of one where you, you have to achieve, like you, you get points in the event based on all these insane things you can achieve in a game, like roll a right. double six or, you know, get charged in the rear or, or, you know, what have you. Like they want to do something wacky like that. Mm-hmm. So whether they end up going ahead with that or not, I don't know. But I'd love to do a team event as well. You know I'm always around team events, so yes. we should think about that too. Love a team event. Mm. Well, maybe that's something we can brainstorm over the holiday break and come back next year with possibly foundations of maybe a plan of a tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if any listeners have are either based in Melbourne or would be keen to travel to Melbourne for an event and you'd like to see a bit of a different style of event on the calendar, because Mike t- runs a lot of awesome events, but they tend to be you know fairly cut and dry. Here's your point limit here's some where games. you go here's some games you know quite quite simple straight out of the book kind of stuff and there's nothing wrong with that that should be the the base level that should be the standard kind of event but to get some something a bit different on the calendar it'd be really interesting if we did a teams one or we did a narrative one or whatever so if you've got any creative ideas or or things that you'd like to see if you'd really like to see doubles for example that you know that's what I'd love to see. So that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. I think that perhaps the community is at the size now where we're going to hit enough of a critical mass for that kind of event to take off. Yeah. But yeah, we've got to start hyping it up early. And if, yeah, if people have their ideas, then get in over the Christmas break and write into directmisfire at gmail.com. That's it. <laughs> Nailed it. <Yeah. laughs> but otherwise, I think, I think that's us for 2019. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an amazing year. Can't believe third edition is finally here and we can really launch into the 2020. How old are we now? And I'm, I'm glad that we were able to record more episodes this year than we did last year. I think that was one of our goals that we'd set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how many did we record? Like, uh, let's see here. February, March, May, and then I think there was a huge break. And then October. 
November and December. Six. We were waiting on the third edition to drop. Uh, I'm sure the the listeners would agree. There was just so much content out there and it was mm. just going to be heavily competed. So we would like to stay a little bit reserved here in Direct Misfire. So we happily let everyone else listen to everyone else. Mm. But Achievement Unlocked for doing more than last year. That's a level up. Yeah, and uh, more consistent releases in 2020. Let's bust out some sweet army reviews. Can't wait to do the Ratkin uh, and all oh, those yeah. other less important armies as well. I <laughs> hope to, that the listeners are looking forward to that. And if, you, if you'll allow me, Benson, I think it'd be cool if listeners wrote in with what armies they might want us to do as well. Do we want to do a poll or something even? This is just off the cuff, but that could be yep. a thing. That's it. Yeah, people Send tend to like the army reviews. Possibly do a poll, yeah. Yeah. Some uh, good quality army reviews. Definitely keen to see that. So I expect Ratkin to win, otherwise I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could just do it and then we'll just do listener suggestion the next one after that. <laughs> if you're that keen. True, true. And I, well, I could also just always create some new Facebook profiles and just vote heaps of times. Just vote. For, okay, yeah. I wouldn't put it against you. I'm not above it. Sneaky plans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, and may you get some sweet, sweet Ratkin miniatures in your stocking this year. Make sure you stay safe, make safe choices. If you're feeling a bit down because of not being able to be with loved ones or friends or family, just send us a message. I'll be happy to chat and we can have a nice convo, but stay safe because I want everyone back here next year. That's it, guys. Uh, Enjoy Kings of War over the break. Uh, Enjoy your friends and family even more, and we'll talk to you again in 2020. In 2020. Oh, and just before, one last tidbit. Make sure to check the uh, Facebook page come Christmas Day. Have a a present for everyone. Ooh, I like presents. So put that in your stocking and wrap it. All right, then. (laughs) 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 Thanks, guys. We'll see you next year. See you, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah, direct misfire blowing up the game Talking many war games is our aim Rule books to advice, we cover it all With the best tactics, we never fall Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix Math hammer doesn't work, it's a trick Follow along, stay up to date Comment, like, subscribe today Come check us out on Facebook and Twitter At Direct Misfire If you want to shoot us an email Directmisfire at gmail.com Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! <laughs> I'm just gonna open a can, two seconds. <laughs>